UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show you should be recording and then i'm gonna hit my brand real quick it just only takes a second for this intro to play Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have with me a return guest. The first show we did was really good. We talked about entities and the paranormal, but today we're going to be talking about like channeled writing and just her her path on like what why she chose to go the way she did. And who I'm talking about is Lindsay Sharman. She used to be a school teacher, but she decided to start Rogue Ways, which is a YouTube channel, and she's on Rockfin as well. Like I'm on Rockfin. Um, but her bio is Lindsay struggled through healing from severe childhood trauma and came back transformed in order to bring transformative teaching and healing to students of the public school and now students and fans over her shows, Roadways and Middle Path. She offers spiritual services, healing, blessings, courses in Oregon and crystal jewelry to empower people and uplift and heal themselves. She is the author of six books and counting, a master teacher, a video and a podcast host and spiritual guide and experiencer of outer realms and states of consciousness and aims to continue uplifting all of herself in order to uplift the world. And I want to give her a warm welcome to the show. Lindsay, thank you for coming back on. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back on. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Now you wanted to talk a little bit about channel writing. I don't know much about this, but um, I, I, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. And, and that goes into your new book, The Key of Transformational Healing, right? Yeah, that's the newest book and uh, it is channeled. And I have an interesting uh, relationship with channeling. I, I, for most of my life, I would say that I <laughs> definitely scoffed at it, looked down at it and mocked people who said they were channeling. Uh, and to be fair, I honestly don't believe that most people who say they're channeling are channeling. I, I just think that there's a lot of con artists and they're just making things up and they're, you know, they're doing that. And I, and I think that's honestly true of anybody in any, I shouldn't say anybody, I should say any, um, profession or any sort of group or type of people that we could be talking about is that a lot of people are not actually very good at what they do or they're liars or they're scammers. Like there's a lot of people out there like that. So it's not just channelers, <laughs> right? It's anything doctors. There's some good ones, some bad ones. There's painters or like, it doesn't matter, right? Any category of people are going to have that. So I wasn't very fair to channelers because I only ever seemed to see those people who seemed to be scam artists and were very clearly not very spiritual and not really even saying thing of sub anything of substance and and I don't know, it took me a while to really find some channelers that actually seemed to be on the money. And one of those was uh, Edgar Casey. 
And I guess I didn't really think of him as a channeler for a while either. So I still had this sort of like rejection of channelers, but like I liked Edgar Casey, and he very clearly was on to something and, you know, very clearly had good energies coming through. And for those people who don't know, he was called the sleeping prophet. And, you know, he's, he's long since been uh, passed on to the other side. But while he was alive, he gathered a big following. He would go into a trance. Messages would start coming through. He would, um, you know, assess people medically and tell them how to heal themselves and they would get better. Like he, and he made predictions and they were right on. So then I started understanding, oh, that is actually real channeling. And there is actually something that, that can go on where you actually can connect to sort of, you know, what's higher or of a more pure vibration or more pure content or sort of beyond most people's consciousness, even though we can all connect to it if we choose to, uh, but it's beyond most people's and you can actually bring information through and you know, this is what psychics are doing. And there's obviously psychics. This is another thing I had to admit eventually, like there's clearly people who know things that they shouldn't know. You know, there was a murder actually in my hometown. Years went by. Some one of the people who are, you know, her family member or something went to some, it was even like a famous TV psychic. I can't remember exactly who, you know, but they went to them and they said, you know, nobody's ever found her body. We're not sure what happened. And we feel like she was murdered. And the psychic said, there's a flashing red light. It's up on a hill. It's up this you know, kind of dirt road and and kind of could narrow down on it. They went up to this place where they were describing there's only one place like it in my in my town and they found a body and she was there, <laughs> you know, and so I, I had to start admitting that, too. So I started just realizing, yeah, there's some scam artists. Obviously, there's some people who aren't really doing this. But then there's also the people who clearly do have connection with something and do know things that are beyond them and do seem to have this flow of information coming through. So I kind of had to get over myself at some point and stop making fun of channelers. But I especially had to do it when I started doing it myself. Uh, <laughs> I really had to get over it. Uh, and it. And it took me a while, therefore, to even admit that that's what was really happening to me. And, um, you know, it started with my first fictional novel, which is Sign Curve of Aeons, uh, Phytalis. And it's this... Um, you know, story set uh, perhaps in a in the distant, 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 distant past and this hidden history that we may have here going on, uh, and you know, in a, in a golden age. And as I was writing this story, which again, I I didn't, I, I wasn't a writer. You know, I, I was a nonfiction writer. My other books were all nonfiction or poetry. All of our articles I would write, you know, for for various publications or projects I was working on all of it nonfiction, very prosy, you know, very, you know, poetic, but not, not nonfiction. I was very bad at that, in fact. But one day I was thinking it would be really cool to read about these things that I've been in love with for years and years and years of all alternative history and sort of golden ages and dark ages and, you know, what's actually going on with humanity. It'd be fun to read like a fictional take on that. And someone I was saying this to said, well, then why don't you do it? Like, write it. <laughs> no, you know, create it. And I was like, oh, I don't write fiction. But right when I actually considered, like, could I write fiction? It seriously, like, what people would call a download appeared in my head. And I didn't like that terminology. I didn't have that terminology, but that is what you would call it. It literally appeared as a three part trilogy, three different books. I understood exactly, I shouldn't say exactly, I understood the overall thematic sort of progression of each of the books and what they would be about in general. I wrote down furiously because I knew it just plopped in my head. And if I didn't start like getting something out, it was going to go away. I started furiously writing it down. 
And I looked down, you know, and I had this trilogy, the outline of this trilogy. And I thought, am I really going to try to write a fictional novel? And I'm a nonfiction writer and I don't write fiction well. And I just felt very strongly the answer was, yeah, you are. You're going to sit down and you're going to write this novel. A lot of other things going on in my life at this time, but I decided I'm just going to sit down every day and I'm going to type things on the computer. I'm going to see what happens. As I sat down for the first time and admitted, I have no idea how to do this. I don't know. How, I don't know how fiction novels do it. I've never taken a class and then I've not studied how people do this. You know, this is a huge undertaking. Clearly, it's going to be hundreds of pages long and all these things are going to happen. Like, do am I supposed to map this all out? Am I what? Well, I didn't know at all what I was supposed to do, but I just sat there and said, okay, well, I don't know. I guess I'll just start writing. And as soon as I just was ready to write and I was sitting in front of the computer and I was open to this, scenes just started dropping into my head. And I thought, wow, this is actually really fun. Like I, I've always been imaginative and I just assume I'm being really imaginative. Uh, and I'm, you know, seeing these people and then a, a new, um, a uh, character or villain or something would pop up and I'd know their name and I'd know what they looked like. And I'd be seeing this. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I'd be writing this out, you know, and sometimes I'd get stuck. I'd be like, well, I don't know what happens next um, at all. Like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm supposed to get from here to there. You know, I haven't drawn out a plot line or anything. And then I'd get some download again, it would just appear in my mind of some scene that's not even in order. This is now like a, towards the end of the book. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just start writing that and describing that. I still don't know how they're going to connect from here to there, but I'm just, okay, it's coming. I'm just writing it. And eventually as I'm writing this book, I just had to recognize like, I don't think I'm writing this book. <laughs> I think it's just coming through me. You know, like I just sit down and the characters just start doing things and I'm just describing. It's like I'm watching a movie and I'm describing it as I'm watching it. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know why it's going to happen. I don't know who's going to pop into this story. And it just kept going like that. So I, I, I still wouldn't have called that channeling. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just talking away. Uh, no, I just a great question. I was going to say, where do you think this comes from? Like this obviously comes from a higher source. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say maybe, maybe like a higher self or like a spirit guide. I don't know if you believe in that stuff, but I do like, I mean, like it has to, and then, and then also like, do you think that there's a bigger meaning behind this? Obviously there is like someone wants you to get this information out, right? It's, that's what it right. seems like. Yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. I definitely believe in guides and um, allies. And I have a lot, a lot on the spiritual plane that I work with. That's actually part of what I do is I work with people spiritually one-on-one, -on -one, you know, with their guides and allies too. So um, beyond believing in them, I, I have experience, you know, interacting with them. But that, back at this point, I wasn't as direct about that kind of work. I, I did other types of spiritual work, but it wasn't as clear then. Uh, so it was still sort of opening up. But yeah, I think it's exact. I think there is a purpose. I think there is a meaning, you know, and what it turned out when it really, really struck me and I couldn't deny it anymore was when um, there's a point in the in the story where the main character has an experience that seems to be sort of astrally out of body or something and that she seems to interact with this uh, other being, which you and I might call her a guide of some kind or, or a spiritual entity of some kind. Uh, and the spiritual entity pops into the story. And I see exactly what he looks like. I know exactly what his energies are. I know exactly what he's all about. I know what his role is in that realm of being, you know, and, and he's this, uh, and I say he, it's a he, it's a masculine energy. He's very earthy to me. He almost looks covered in earth and animal skins, right? And like dirt and animal skins and like tangles of oh, ivy or something, you know, and he has horns for some reason. 
And uh, and he has kind of accoutrements around him. And he's all about cycles of time. He's about renewal. He's about like action and getting things done. He's about like sowing the seeds into the earth so that they can sprout later. Uh, and this is kind of the actually ends up being the themes of the whole story. <laughs> and he just kind of embodies them. And he's actually the guide for this character in the story. But I start realizing, you know, I don't know. He feels really strong to me. Like, he, like I just am kind of like, God, I feel like he's real, you know, like, and then I just, as soon as I wrote that scene where he first appears, it was like that same day I was scrolling, you know, through Facebook or whatever random thing. And I see this picture that looks exactly like him. And it looks exactly like him. <laughs> he's got the horns. He's earthy. He's got like animal kind of skins and energy around him. And, he, and he's, and it says his name is Sernunos. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I just like channeled through this God. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know he existed. So I went and I read about, I was like, who is this? Like, what's he about? I go research and I find out those are exactly, it was like I had listed all of the qualities that he actually has, but I had never heard of him before. I had no idea who he was. This is like a, a Celtic, you know, God up in that region, you know, uh, back when, and and he's a real god. He's very similar to the green man, but I've never seen the green man with horns. Maybe other people have. I don't know. It's very specifically like this version of this archetype, archetypal energy that came into this story that was playing a role in this story that is a real being. And, and then from there, it went on. There was so many things where I put him in the story and I was like, I don't even know what this is or whatever. And then I'd go look it up and it was a real thing. It was a real concept. It was, and I'm like, wow, this is actually coming from somewhere you know, and, and why, why did it choose me? Why did it want to be born? What is all this? And you could answer this so many different ways, you know, and who knows? I know that that is a real being. I now have worked with him very frequently since then. He's clearly one of my guides. Um, and one that I love very dearly. Uh, but he, he actually obviously exists and he has a message to bring to people and he has an energy. And, and I think he existed back then too. And I think he actually played this role with somebody back in the golden age and that this story is actually real, whether it's exact, whether I got it like nailed every detail and there was actually people named this and these locations or whether that could maybe be even a little bit fuzzy, but the overall themes and ideas are, are clearly to me, like what actually happened. Um, so I feel like I wrote a history through a fictional lens, you know, um, that's what it felt like to me by the end. And I had to admit, I, I didn't write this book. People are going to say that I have to say that, or people won't know what I'm talking about. But in reality, like this just came to me and I just birthed it. Right. And that's what happened. This that's is, so uh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well, I just, this leads in then next to the next book, which is earth, a trough in time. Uh, their sequel in this trilogy. Again, I'm working on the third one now. It's almost finished. Um, but they can be read in any order. They take place at very different times in human history, but they're, they they tell one single story and they're very, very interconnected. Cool. Earth, a trough in time deals with where we're at right now. This is a, a modern day, uh, you know, it, it, it could be slash is happening right now. And then this book that I'm about to finish is sort of the future that I hope by writing it out we don't actually have to live through <laughs> that would be nice do you think it's a warning do you think it's like something like someone's trying to give you a warning of something that could happen and uh and then like do you, what do you think about the uh, the things of like timelines like um if, if if we if we can change our timeline maybe you know what i mean yeah yeah 
no, I do. I think we can absolutely change our timeline. I think that's actually part of the message of the of the trilogy, uh, is is that we can do that as a species. We can choose different uh, experiences for ourselves, different timelines, different futures. Um, and right now, we may we may not be headed towards the one that we would enjoy the most. Uh, but you know, there's enough. There's no point where it's too late. Uh, that's also another message of the story, which is really beautiful. Yeah, that is. That's amazing, and it makes me think that like. There, 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 there. Like we talked about, there was a a, a, a reason for this. Um, I'm trying to think of, of a good question to ask you. Um, okay, like as far as like entities, like when when these when you're channeling these entities, like how do you know? And you work with people and their entity attacks and stuff like that. How do you know what's a good entity and a bad entity? And that may seem like a really simple question, but like here's what I'm thinking: like a lot of times people get deceived by entities. Like so, like. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't know what it's hard. It's like the entities know so much, right? It's like, they know a lot more than we do, but then there's someone like you, you're gifted, like where you can work with the spirits and stuff. So you can kind of like know how to iron it out, I guess. Like, is that what it is? Is it kind of like just trusting and resonating with what you, what, you know what I mean? When you deal yeah. with an entity? Yeah, there's a piece of it that's definitely about trust uh, and, and how you resonate or don't resonate with a being. There's Here's a simple way to think about it. And this is um, anybody can can kind of take this and understand where they might be in, re, in, re, in relation to any entities and, and their ability to determine which ones are good or bad. Because um, it's a good question because there are good and bad ones for sure. <laughs> and um, so let's say this when when I was young, right? Uh, maybe it was harder for me to uh, really know, like, is this person good or bad? Like, I'm going to be friends with them and we're going to see what happens. And then eventually I'm like, oh, they stabbed me in the back. Like, I guess they weren't that good of a person. Right. Uh, whereas my mother was probably watching going, why are you hanging out with that person? That person's clearly a bad person, right? Like, I don't like your friends. <laughs> uh, and how did she know? Right. And how did I not know? Well, she knew from experience. So how many years of experience she had going, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not horrible, but like that person's going to stab you in the back someday. Um, and from a space of being pretty healed, right, in herself, where she's disconnected from it. She has nothing to lose by seeing it clearly, and she has no ego involved in it. So it's just easier for her to see it. Whereas me, you know, I'm young. I didn't have as much experience. I have a lot of ego in it. Like, that's pretty much all it is when we're young is just figuring out, like, who we are, what we are, what we're doing, trying to get our needs met and all of this chaotic stuff. Uh, so it's much, much harder. So same exact thing on the entity level. If, if you're going in and you're all kinds of confused in yourself, nothing there is going to be clear to you either, right? You're not going to go into a spiritual space or have connection with entities and know for sure what they're saying and if they're good or bad or whatever, because you're sitting here, you know, in deep, I don't know, desire or uh, deep addictions or unhealed wounds that you have. And all of those things are going to be working against you not even a good and bad a very good entity could come to you and interact with you but if you're in you know a place where you don't trust things and you're in fear and you react to everything you might just see it as negative and like ah get away from me you know like who knows because you're not really in a place of calm centered healed presence by which you can determine this. So it's the exact same with humans as it is with entities. There's there's no difference. When you're in a place where you're clear, you're present, and you have, you know, less attachment, less emotional chaos going on, it's going to be obvious to you uh, if an entity comes to you, whether it's good or bad or, or what it what it wants or whether you want to interact with it or not. 
Um, and, you know, there's lots and lots of ways to tell, too. And that's part of what I teach people if they're wanting to go down that path and, you know, use their spiritual skills or develop their spiritual skills as part of what we talk about is, you know, protection and um, etiquette. Yeah, no, just I wanted to keep on the demonic or the, the, the entity theme because you've had like demonic encounters and poltergeist like encounters. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I've had um, many different demonic in encounters of my own, you know, that that were c connected to, attached to, or, or, or trying to harm me. Uh, and I've also, you know, done a lot of work with other people with, with their demonic encounters. Um, it's actually pretty rare that a person is experiencing demonic attack or attachment, uh, you know, or in interference. Uh, it's a lot more rare than I think people think. And I like to share that um, if I was going to, you know, put a percentage on it, that about about 90% of the people who come to me who think they have a demonic encounter or attachment or interference do not actually have one. 10% uh, of them do. <laughs> you know, there are some people who do, uh, but it's it's pretty rare, actually. Um, you know, and part of why it happened to me was I invited it accidentally uh, through doing tarot readings and inviting a spirit to come and, and you know, guide the reading, which is a pretty common practice, right? But people who actually know, again, we go back to like, are you naive or are you practice? Do you actually know what you're doing? Or are you just kind of in chaos, just jumping into things willy-nilly? <laughs> it doesn't just mm -hmm. affect whether or not you can understand an entity or not, um, but it also affects this. So I willy-nilly jumped into tarot, invited a spirit without, without saying clearly which one or even what kind, or even if it was good or bad or anything about it. I just invited a spirit in, and that spirit that happened to come was a very powerful demonic entity. And, um, you know, this is a huge danger. Once you've invited it and you have an attachment, it can be difficult to rid yourself of it. And it did, in fact, take me a lot of time and many different healings from many different practitioners to be really fully rid of it. Um, and part of why I got such a strong and powerful attachment, which isn't going to happen to everybody who stumbles into this, right? <laughs> um, because it's not that just really powerful demons are just waiting around for any random person to like invite them in, right? I mean, they kind of, there are kind of beings everywhere that are waiting for random doorways to open and come in, um, but not, not always at that high of a level uh, that I experienced. And, and part of that is because of my propensity and uh, to develop the abilities that I use now of, you know, spiritual connection and healing and, and helping other people uplift themselves. Not only was it a doorway that I opened, but they also saw this possibility of extinguishing a light that would otherwise burn very brightly in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, but what I wanted to ask you was, do you, do the, de does an entity or demon, like whether it's a spirit or a demon, I think I talked about this in another podcast. Do they need to create like a covenant? Do they need to be invited? I guess like, does it, I mean, like, or can they sometimes just like, attach themselves to someone's having like addiction problems or, 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 um, or maybe like if they're more open to the spirit world, so these things can come in or does there have to be a covenant made? There has to be an invitation or a doorway opened. It doesn't have to be like a, an official document that you signed in blood, although that'll work. <laughs> they'll, they'll take that too. Um, you know, an, uh, an addiction is a doorway. It is an opening for negative energies to come in. 
it, it, it just is. It doesn't matter if you think it is or isn't, and it doesn't matter if you think you're inviting negative spirits or not, you are. And the reason you are is because you're saying to your own soul and self, I don't care about you. I'm not going to take care of you. I'm not going to give you what you need. So you're in now dissociation, disconnection. You've, con you've like cut off a part of yourself is the way it looks on the spiritual level. And now there's that in that space, in that space you created where you cut that off, you cut that out, you threw that aside, you disconnected from yourself, something's going to slide into that space, right? Nature abhors a vacuum. They say that, right? Materialist science is true spiritually as well. There is no empty space. So when you make that separation, something's going to come fill it. If you're very lucky or you're surrounded by grace or you have, you know, really powerful, good guardian angels and juju, maybe good stuff comes in and fills that space for a while. But how long can it last if you continue doing it? If every day you're like, I don't care about myself and I'm not going to take care of myself and I don't love myself, I'm going to go do more heroin or I'm going to watch more porn or I'm going to, you know, I don't know, guzzle this coffee 25 billion gallons a day or whatever whatever the addiction is there's a little doorway there or a huge doorway there for something to come in and start to affect you in traditional and i should say classic chinese medicine they actually look at this as layers of possession right and the and the the most simple and surface level layer of possession is when uh, a, a demonic or negative entity is just able to sort of like be near you and just kind of like maybe slide in a few thoughts here and there, kind of like draw your attention to something more negative so that you might go further down that path. And, you know, that's this very light level of effect. And then maybe you do, you're like, oh, I do notice this over here. I am going to go down that path. I am going to, you know, snort some coke or shoot up or whatever, or I'm going to watch 10 pornos today or whatever. <laughs> Right, you start going that way, and it's like, yeah, and it's like, okay, well, now I'm a level deeper. Now I've got you like actively doing these things to harm yourself and actively engaging in this self hatred and disconnection from source. And now I'm a couple levels, <coughs> excuse me, deeper, right? And now maybe I'm to the point where I can suggest things for you to say and do, or maybe I can like trigger the little reactivity of your, uh, you know, serpent brain that wants to lash out at people instead of let things go easily and forgive them and walk away. Right. And you just start your actions now are being influenced and now you're choosing that more and more. And, and the more you go, the further in they get until you're actually what we in the Western world would call possessed, which is when the demonic entity is actually in control of you inside of your energy body, at least if not your physical body. And, and then the, the deepest layer is what we call perfect possession. I would say I was like a seven out of 10 on that scale when I was dealing with my entity attachment. I didn't get to the point where it was controlling me, but it was definitely influencing me for the worse and worse and worse as time went on. And, you know, I definitely had depression and anxiety and fear and these things that were increasing too, which again, those are often signs that we are being influenced negatively in some way by some of these types of entities. Yeah. You know, one thing I was thinking about was um, the, the, when the entities uh, my mind just went blank. Oh no, I know exactly what I was saying. Um, but first of all, I was going to say Malachi Martin. He said, I think he said that about perfect possession, right? But then I was thinking, uh, why? Oh man, why is my mind going blank? This this is really important. Um, the entities. Oh yes, I know exactly what I was going to say. Sorry, they they can put thoughts in your mind, and I've been telling people about this for a long time. Like 
I, because what I wanted to compare it to you with was like psychic attacks, right? So people get psychic attacks, and I'm sure you deal with people who have that. But then also, besides psychic attacks, there's possession where the entity can go in someone's mind and put thoughts in their mind. Now, people might think this is somewhat similar to like what we would call schizophrenia. But I was starting to think lately that maybe people with schizophrenia are just possessed. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And then I guess going into the psychic attacks might have been too much because that's a lot. But if, if you want to cover both of those, it's, you know, however you want to tackle it. Yeah. I mean, in my experience at this point, 100% of mental illness is uh, what we could call negative or demonic or, um, I don't know, uh, dark spiritual energies and entities. Uh, and that's it. So there is no schizophrenia and there, it's not to say it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's very real. It definitely exists. But what, what we pretend is happening in the Western world. And by the way, we're one of the only cultures in all of history that's ever thought that this was disconnected from the spirit ever. <laughs> so like, let's maybe just take that for a moment and go, hmm, maybe we're missing something here. We know we're missing something in the Western culture. We're very clearly too materialist and we have no room for the spirit or the soul, even when we have nothing but evidence that it exists. So it is, you know, I, I, I don't care if it's, uh, if there's people who believe it or not and not really interested in convincing anyone, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just saying from my perspective, when I look on the spiritual plane at anyone who has any mental illness, there is spiritual disturbance happening of one kind or another. Right. Uh, and so I have uh, friends also who are schizophrenic and, uh, you know, they have healed themselves, you might say. And part of how they've done that is by acknowledging that everything they're experiencing is real. It is real. It is happening. It just no one else can see it or hear it. Right. But that it is real on the spiritual level. And once they acknowledge that and understand that and they start to develop their tools of of using their spiritual energy, their divine will and their free will in order to, you know, create protection for themselves in order to choose which types of energies they interact with instead of all of them or the negative ones mostly. Uh, and then they can start to develop what you would e even call shamanic powers, right? So let's even get real too. When I'm talking about anything I'm talking about today, when my demonic attacks and channeling these, you know, entities and talking to guides and allies, there's plenty of doctors and people who would say, oh, she's schizophrenic. The end, right? They, that's just the label they put on it and they're done. Um, I don't have negative effects of it, so they don't care and they don't need to like force me into a psych ward or medicate me. But if I were to start having negative effects and I were to go to them and say, look, there's a demon who is after me, he's talking to me and whatever, they'd be like, oh, okay, here's some you know, drugs for you. Like <laughs> They have no room for the spiritual at all. Um, but that's happening again when with clients I work with, with people I work with one-on-one, -on -one, with my friends even, I see that. And uh, I see it most easily walking down the road in a city, especially when you're going through the areas where a lot of homeless people live. Uh, you, I can just see how many of them just have these entities like sitting on them, holding them, like whispering in their ear and their auras are dampened, darkened or almost non-existence because of it. And those are the same people that other people see like screaming at nothing and walking around seeming like they're not even in this world. Um, so in my experience, it's always, it's always the spiritual. It's, it's not a physical imbalance, you know? And then do you think something like targeted individuals and psychic or psychic um, attacks has something to do with that? And then is there a way to differentiate between 
here's what I was thinking about psychic attacks and targeted individuals. I was thinking that that might be some form of AI. You know, like, I, I, I mean, because it, it seems like these people, I watched some TI videos, like some targeted individual videos, because me and my girlfriend were like, listening to it, like, because we, we find it like very interesting. Like, it, it just, it's very compelling stuff. Like, it, it makes you think, and like, I want to believe these people that this is actually going on. But like, do you think that might just be an entity, like in disguise? Or do you think it might be some kind of form of AI? That's like a, that what we would call a targeted individual. Yeah. Well, let's be really clear that it's real either way, right? Again, yeah, whether we yeah. can see it or not, they're experiencing that and that is happening to them. It is real. <laughs> so whether or not it's it's what we would call mental illness, which again is, is entity or, or, you know, spiritual interference, or whether it's government, AI, electronic and otherwise, those are two different things and they're both happening. And so it's really confusing when someone comes to you and they're like, I'm experiencing this, this and this and this they might actually be entity affected and what we would call insane. They might actually be physically being targeted by actual humans with advanced technology. Both things are happening. And what's even worse is that it could be happening to the same person, both things. And that's way, that is like the most confusing place to be ever, <laughs> right? If you're experiencing entity interference and there are actual humans who are trying to interfere with your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your biofield, your stuff, your things, your computers, your everything. Oh my God. It's very, very difficult. I have um, a question. I, yeah. I, do you think that do you think that people who get messed with like by entities or even targeted individuals might be highly psychic, like and they're trying to numb numb the people's gifts? Often, yes. So just like my uh demonic encounter attachment in the first place was so heavy and big was because of my my skills and abilities and, and what I could become, especially. Uh, it is true of many people who have a high um, width of their spiritual channel that they can develop are often targeted or affected by these things. So it's interesting when you, when you start talking to people like this, often they'll say things like, well, I've always been kind of sensitive or sometimes I know things and, you know, people have always said I'm easy to talk to, or, you know, there's all sorts of these sort of clues that they have some extrasensory levels of empathy, at least, if not, you know, more. Uh, and there's definitely a reason that the, that those, th those people would be targeted, even, you know, depending on where people are at, by, by our government, our government, <laughs> the governments of the world, I'll say, um, have every uh, reason to be and have been for many years working with these dark energies, too. And that's part of their their whole identity, their whole religion, and, and their whole purpose in existing uh, is, is kind of with and for these dark energies and entities. So that also makes it difficult. If, if they're choosing someone to target and experiment on or use their sort of voice to school or different technologies on, um, they're doing it also, I'm sure, with an occult energy. Whether or not the operator of the specific tool in the specific moment is worshiping some entity or not, the overall organization and structure definitely is. And they leave signs about this, you know, all throughout history all the time. It's not that hard to see. Uh, so... So that makes it, I guess, a little bit more confusing perhaps for some people too. Like, well, then which is it? It's like, well, it's both. They, they work together uh, and they have that agreement and and that's what they're doing. It's it's insane. It's it's wild, right? I mean, because it's like, it, it makes, it make, people don't want to think that this is actually happening to them. But then sometimes like when people are faced with no other option, they have to realize that this is 
the spiritual and 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 even even the the target individual AI thing I think is like you said it's spiritual and you just explained that so well because they're the, the, they're working with these dark energies and that that makes like all the sense in the world so like what what are some tips like to uh to like I guess kind of like clear this out of our energy field or our life like if if we if somebody's experiencing this stuff like should they come to you or like what do you what would you what would you do if somebody if you know somebody would see considers themselves possessed or targeted yeah that's a great question my main goal anytime someone comes to me with this uh type of thing is it, either way whether it's on the spiritual side or it's actually have you know physically or whatever targeted individual stuff and you know demonic and negative entity interference both uh the the same same goal same path applies to both uh and that is to empower yourself and to become more and more healed and whole is that it's actually very simple <laughs> it's not the problem comes in people not a not wanting to do some of the stuff right feeling like they don't have time or they don't have energy or that they can't do it or it's too hard We've been conditioned to want a quick fix, right? So there's definitely people out there who will say, oh, come to me. Yeah, I'll give you this thing and you're just healed. You're protected now and you're done. And, well, I hope. I mean, that'd be cool. It's not usually like that, though. So, uh, you know, there are tools. I actually do sell like Orgone and different things that can help you increase your own intention and field. But you're still going to be the one doing it right? I'm a healer. I assist you in releasing dark energies and releasing negativity and bringing in the light and reconnecting and aligning you. But you still have to actually do it yourself. And you actually have to keep doing it after I'm long gone and you're out living your life like every day, every moment. You have to keep yourself aligned with that and keep moving in that. Because when it comes down to it, all those little doorways we talked about, all those little choices you can make, right? Those are all the things you're doing. You're choosing them. I can't make you do any of these things or not do any of these things. No one can, but you can choose them. You can choose to shut all those doors, keep them shut and to go the other direction, right? Towards what's light and bright and uplifted and, and happy and well, and it is on all levels, right? So I want to empower people to be their physical best, right? To eat and drink healthy things, to not eat and drink uh, degraded things or things that are meant to impair you or poison you. Right, more and more. And this is really hard for people because that ties into the emotional and the mental. We have all these social customs that are horrifying. We're like, oh, it's your birthday. Let's eat a bunch of really poisonous shit and like drink a lot and smoke a lot. And like let's let's harm you really bad for your birthday. Like, why are we why is this a celebration? Like, okay. But so we have a lot of uh negative habits. A lot of them are social, like especially drinking. We're we're very, very much social drinkers and we're you know, drinking too much is very acceptable and drinking too much all the time every day is very acceptable. And <laughs> it's like, we promote these things. Uh, and I'm not judging anyone or saying, you know, like, how dare you drink? I drank a lot for a long time <laughs> until I started realizing the more I went down this path that even a little bit of alcohol for me is still another doorway open. And I was like, I can't risk that anymore. I have to shut that door. And so now I don't drink um, anything ever. I don't drink any alcohol because of that. Right. And it's, and it might be true for a lot of people for marijuana or other things that seem really casual and simple for some people. It's not for some people. That's totally fine to have like a glass of wine a couple times a week or whatever, you know, have some marijuana sometimes totally cool for a really, really long time. Again, I also 
was very happy and fine with marijuana until one day I realized even this is a doorway. And part of it is like the more pure you get, the more pure you get. So even like a little doorway can be kind of big because some force out there has been waiting and they're like, oh, here's a little chance. Like, let's bring all the arsenal in. Uh, and so you might have to get sort of cleaner and cleaner as you go, which is what happened to me. Uh, you know, food you're eating. I noticed more and more it didn't used to bother me. But now if I'm not eating like cows that were happy, you know, butter that came from the cows that were happy and, you know, vegetables that are organic and grown by farmers that are happy and ground that was healthy. Like I start to feel sick and I start to feel bad. And that's even that, even that is a little doorway open for some toxins to come in and the physical toxins have connection to the spiritual toxins, right? And it just starts to degrade your field and now your aura is a little weaker and now things can start to leak in. Your thoughts get muddier. Your mood gets dampened. There's more doorways for it to come in. So really what I do with people and what I suggest for anybody is, is empowering yourself and healing yourself. And it starts with the physical. It, it is the mental. It's our habits that we choose. It's the things that we surround ourselves with, right? You think about too, your environment, you create your environment, you get to choose it. Are you hanging out with people who are assholes? Why are you doing that? Stop it. Assholes carry these negative energies with them. Why are you putting up with it? And just tell them, I don't want to be around you anymore if you're, unless you're going to be nice and good. Like I just am done with it or whatever. Right. Are you letting people hurt you for some reason? Are you staying in a relationship with someone because it seems convenient to you, but actually they're really bad for you and you know it. Right. Are you listening to music that is like horrifying and it's like screaming and it's like talking about abuse all the time and darkness and drugs and whatever. Well, that's also in your field. Now that's also a little doorway. Are you watching shows about Jeffrey Dahmer? There's a reason they put this stuff out, <laughs> you know, and again, I'm not judging anyone I at all. I totally get it. I've done all these things. I just have noticed as I've gone forward more and more, it's not worth it. I watch something like that and I feel distressed and I feel sad and I feel anxious for days. And then the images are coming back to me and they're popping into my head. It's not an accident. So I've just chosen more and more and I encourage everybody more and more to think about those types of things. And if you feel like you're having these interferences and these darknesses and you don't have money to come work with me and practice with me and learn more about that or clear that out together, uh, then you can just start working on those things. You can just make yourself, your body and your environment brighter and brighter. That's, that's, that's awesome. And, and I wanted to just say real quick, like, you know, I, I had uh, experiences, I was taking like THC edibles, you know, and I noticed that like every time I took like that first, it was like fun. It was like, you know, I would even so like sometimes I'd take them for a podcast, you know, but then I realized like, that like, it, it just wasn't right. Like I was getting thoughts in my head that weren't my own. And I was like, yeah. what, I, what, this is not normal. I was like, this is not me. Like, and I was like, this is not the way I want to live my life. Like, so I had to X that shit out like immediately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but like that, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, once they have a doorway, they'll, they'll, they'll get in your mind. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's AI or, or what, but because I don't understand how someone can like, Put these thoughts in people's heads like all you know like like as soon as you take an edible like the you know like thoughts will start coming in your head like and i don't think that's mental illness either or anything like that or i don't think it's the no. drug i really think that's a spirit like i think that's like some kind of ai or some entity like that sees an opportunity and it and it tries to feast off it it, it takes a yeah. uh, your loosh right yeah it's a uh, very much so and you know when you think about even these this is part of why people were kind of 
trying to resist legalization of, of marijuana and of psilocybin uh, because decriminalization would be better because it wouldn't then put this stuff into the hands of big producers, big, big, big business, big pharma, even who we know again are in this cult of whatever you want to call it, darkness, satanic, Luciferian, like whatever. It doesn't matter what label that's what they, they are doing, right? They've, they're using all their sigil magic. They're using all of their, ancient like summoning and you know they're putting these energies into things that we know they're doing that with fast food and pharma pharmaceuticals why wouldn't they be doing that with things like edibles and their weed and and this stuff's even more potent right you can go eat a mcdonald's and maybe you can clear it out in a few days or whatever right but this is like crystallized like my marijuana's got the thc crystals the crystal is the most the most essential form of like the hot the highest pure purity of any energy is crystallized form. You can use that for good, bad, or neutral, right? So go back in time to when people were just growing weed, just like developing it, you know, and they're like, it's in their yard or they're giving it all this love. I mean, I know people who grew who were just like, these are my babies, right? That bud is going to be very different from the bud from these people who are like, haha. We're going to put this energy in here. We're going to grow it like this. It's going to be like high production. It's going to have all of this. And maybe they have some secret intent that's even darker. Maybe they're imbuing it with some demonic entity or energy they work with. And, and now you're taking it in and you're taking it in in its crystallized form. Whereas before you were taking in this good, happy plant from this good, happy grower. And <laughs> you can still find that. I'm not saying you can't, but it's going to get less and less common as they corner their markets more and more unless people are very intentional about it. Um, and even then I would say, you know, you want to use it as, as a medicine, not as just like a everyday casual, you know, thing and, and whatnot, but as like a, okay, I'm going to use it here very intentionally set and setting, right. I'm going to make sure that I'm in this good place and I have this time set aside for it. Here's my intention for it. And you may even call in some of your guides and allies and that can totally change the tenor of it. Um, and especially with something like uh, marijuana and THC, that's a lot easier to do. It, it is a it, it was originally meant to be this natural, you know, um, presence for us to use medicinally as psilocybin as has been too. alcohol is a lot harder alcohol. We've um, have so such a strong history of misusing, abusing and, and imbuing with these negative energies and entities. And its job is also to divorce the spirit from the body. Um, that's what it's used for in alchemy. That's what it's used for in chemistry. Like that's it's that's what alcohol does. Um, so you can't really change the nature of something just through your intention. So it's a little bit harder. Alcohol is one that maybe people need to let go of a little more fully than they do some of these other things that you can actually use well, um, but can be really, really uh, degraded by these producers now who are putting who knows what in it chemically and and spiritually. Yeah, I think like Alex Jones calls it um, weaponized marijuana. Like they, 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 oh. they're, they're putting out. Well, my last question for you is: um, you you had some UFO interactions and abductions, or um, are you really? Are you've worked with people who have too? Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Like uh, your experiences. Yeah, I have, I've had, I don't really call them abductions <laughs> just because it sounds so bad. And we have such negative uh, associations with that in our culture. Uh, and I really think that the the physical abductions that happen are military. Um, you know, they're humans and, and they may have a lot of, of ways of making you think and remember it as being uh, alien 
uh, and and physical aliens of, of that sort of nature. And, uh, I would call those military abductions. And I had I've had many experiences with what other people would call UFOs. Uh, but these are beings of a spiritual form and nature. They're not physically present here. When I've gone with them on travels, it's been on like what you might call the astral realm uh, and not in a physical craft or in a physical way. They're interdimensional. Uh, they can appear anywhere at any time, including inside right next to you or up in the sky as a light uh, in the day or in the night. Uh, and it's very, I think, different from what a lot of people have been taught and guided to think aliens are. Yeah. That's, 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 oh, one, one, one last question. Um, uh, the shamanic healings and mystical experiences. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Like how you got into that? Like, and, and that's the last question I have, because I don't want to take up too much of your time, but this is, you're so interesting. You always have so much good stuff to talk about. Like, um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How'd you get into the shamanic healing? Yeah, I guess, you know, one of the things we've already talked about, um, I have, I've, I've actually always, been receiving uh, interactions and communications from my guides and allies since I was very young. I just didn't really know that's what it was that was happening. Um, I've, you know, got these downloads and started channeling these books. I've had these UFO encounters, you might call them, although, like I said, it's, it's actually a spiritual interaction that's happening. I've been having those my whole life. I had that demonic attachment, many demonic encounters and attachments to deal with and, and rid myself of. And in the process of all of that, I've been guided and taught by those same beings and entities, by those same experiences to uh, understand exactly who we are, where we are, what we're doing here, uh, and what our true nature is and how to interact and, and deal with that true nature. And, um, you know, part of that also is from physical teachers uh, along the way, um, all of which I like to point out I didn't go looking for or choose consciously, um, but often had exceptionally synchronistic interactions that led me to uh, these teachers and these healers um, who would almost always first perform a really powerful healing of me or right right when I needed it because I'm dealing with demonic entities um, and uh, would then you know teach me a bit and these are shaman shamans around the world uh, I'd be traveling even and they'd pick me out of a crowd and be like you need to come up here right now <laughs> we need to we need to talk um, and that just has happened my whole life until you know, I got to the point where I was really ready to leave teaching, uh, which was my profession for 14 years and uh, do something else. I had already started Rogue Ways for a, a couple of years and, uh, you know, and I, I decided to travel around the country in a van. And this was sort of my final healing of myself and, and self-initiation into being much more open about uh, the healing work I'd already been doing. You know, I'd already been working with people with tarot and, and other methods for a while, but it was always just my friends and it was just kind of word of mouth stuff. Uh, and, and after this point, it was more, okay, I'm ready. Like if you're out there and you would like some support or some help, like let's do this now. And my guides were very clear that it was time to do that. So at no point in this was I ever, you know, oh, I want to become a healer. I want to do this for people. Never. <laughs> the whole way it's been like, you're going to do this now, whether you like it or not. Here's this, you know, situation we're going to force you into. And 
oh, look, now you know even more. Now you have even more skills. And so it just has gone that way. And, you know, a few years ago, like I said, when I got in that van, traveled around the country, not only healed a much deeper level of myself than I ever had before, but I also uh, got those very clear signs and messages like, okay, now it's time. So I started telling people I'm, I'm here for you in these ways. And even my services that I offer have grown over time. Like every once in a while, they're like, okay, now you're going to do this. And then I start doing that too. So <laughs> I do have quite a list on my site. Uh, if people want to go to rogueways.org, they can see the spiritual services tab and you can, uh, or spiritual support, I think it's called tab. And you can schedule directly there through Calendly and choose the type of session you want. I do the uh, sound healing through the, it's called the full tuning and alignment. I do tarot readings, uh, whether you understand it or not, that those are also healing. They're not just you know, here's your fate and fortune. They're actually much more like deep therapy sessions. Uh, so I don't know what other types of tarot readings people have had before, but they, these ones are very, very healing, deep level of connection. I do the guidance sessions, um, which are connecting with your guides and allies, bringing messages and healing energies through for you. Uh, and then I also do... I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, I do the healing ceremony. So if you do have a more a darker, you know, demonic or other sort of attachment or deeper level of healing that you're really, you know, going through those transformations, the healing ceremony is also there for people. And it's, it's a very powerful ceremony that, that happens. So it's not for everybody. Not everybody needs it, honestly. Um, but it is there for people who do. That's awesome. Well, um, yeah, I was going to th thank you. And um, what's the website again? Uh, it's rogueways.org. And uh, you can also get those books that we were talking about earlier that are channeled through those fictional novels are there. I also have the two that are nonfiction, but channeled, which are a little bit different. Those are direct channeling instead of just like the story plopping into me, my head and me describing it. These are word for word coming through, you know, from my spiritual guides and allies. And so um the key of transformational healing is the most recent. It's very short. It's super dense. It's really powerful. It was stunning even for me. Um, I, again, because it's word for word, direct channeling, it uh, blew me away too. I didn't know what was going to happen next or what they were going to say next. And a lot of it is just very deep. And it's something you can go back to again and again, honestly. And uh, the other direct channeled um, book is All Endings Are Beginnings. And that one's really nice for people to use as an oracle. Uh, you know, you can just open it and answer a question or you can open it and just get your message for the day. And I love seeing people's synchronicities with those. It's very effective. Well, this has been awesome. This was so informative. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. And um, we'll have to do it again. And I Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rob. It's always really cool to hang out with you. You're a great host. All right. Have a good night.